Hello, everyone, and welcome to this second episode of Caregiving Gen X Style. I am Steve Mullen. And I'm Jennifer Mullen. And we are here to talk this time about types of caregivers. And this could get a little dicey, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Let's launch right into it. So I want to say if... It's all about self-awareness. It really is. Right? It really is. What type of caregiver are you? Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing if you're one over the other. You just have to recognize which one you are. And I'd be willing to bet that... You know, just about everybody is at least a mix of some of these. 100%. 100%. Agree. But let's go ahead and launch right in. So the first one that I put together was the primary caregiver. Now, I want to say if you're listening to this, you're most likely a primary caregiver, right? Yes. If you have been drawn into the title of this podcast, probably it is because you're a primary caregiver. And you're part of Gen X, which let's be real. We've, we've discussed this. You are in a sandwich generation and you are getting squished, squished, squished in between the two really squished parts of the sandwich. And what we're talking about is one part, which is taking care of your parents, but primary caregivers. So these are the person, they, these are the people who are the first line of care. They are the ones who get the call in the middle of the night. They are the ones who go out and pick up medicine. They are the ones who go out and pick up groceries. And they, they make the casseroles. To they share. make the casseroles to share. That's me. That's you. Because exactly. by the way, by the way, y'all, that is not Steve Mullen. He's no. not cooking anything. No, no. But I've made a couple of casseroles me. in my life, but it was a it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. It was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. one, all right, one. Maybe okay. one in my mm-hmm. life. Maybe. And so you're the person who picks up the medication. You're the person who picks up the groceries, and you're the person who burns out first. Right? Definitely. 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 So the primary caregiver. But I it, think we're going to get to this though, right? Like there's the like. She's, she's I'm, turning I'm pages. Looking, I'm looking through our notes because we made a lot of notes about what yeah, type. Yeah, I, I what provided types, copious notes for this copious episode. Copious notes. Yes. But a I'm just thinking. Copia of notes. You know, you're the one who gets burned out. I will say. I, I've been very fortunate in this journey with my mom that um, I have my brother who also lives locally, you know, 20 minutes away. Like we share it. So we're burned out equally. Yes, actually. So in my copious notes, my cornucopia of notes, my plethora of notes. Oh, I love plethora. I know good, you do. I love it. So I, I mentioned there are some people, some families who have dual primary caregivers. And if you are are that person, stick a horn in your forehead because you are a unicorn because it just doesn't happen. And you know, I mean, I've always felt like I was a unicorn anyway. Well, you are. But like, I'm also a unicorn in this situation. Exactly. So it seems fitting. Yes. Yeah. So it just doesn't happen very often. Even when you have multiple siblings living in the same area, more than likely one is going to take over the primary duties. Yeah. You and your local brother, uh, it really is, it's it's kind of impressive how you manage to split these things up and somehow everyone seems to get along and more or less agree on how things should be done. Yep, we're very fortunate. Yes, I mean, you know, ultimately, uh, the best interest of Gagi if you haven't listened to the first episode, 
<laughs> you don't know I'm who gonna, Gagi I'm is. I'm going to remind you, Gagi is my mom. That's what we call her, thanks to um, our daughter who initially named her Gagi. But yes, our goal really is um, making sure Gagi is happy, healthy, at the forefront of anything we do. And that doesn't mean we don't have our moments where we might get a little frustrated, irritated, whatever it is. But generally speaking, we agree on what the best course of action is for her. And, what I, you know, I, I am so grateful every single day for that, for yeah, and, sure. And you should be. And, and most families don't have that. Um, you know, in most families, there's one individual primary caregiver who is the first line of defense. And it's largely, a lot of times, it's due to proximity. And uh, in many other cases, it's because nobody else steps up. Right. And it's, that can be stressful, right? It's, it's stressful if you're, um, it could be because you're an only child. Yes. So we have a couple of people in our lives, um, who are only children and, um, whether their parents are currently in a situation where they need care, um, or they're thinking ahead to when they're going to need care, they're only children and it is a hundred percent going to be on their shoulders and for those friends that we know in those situations, uh, you know, I I feel for them because there there uh, is no backup. There's no backup. So on the one hand, the bright side, hashtag bright side, <laughs> is that you get to make the decision and there's no back and forth. Do we agree? Do we disagree? None of that, right? You get to right. make the decision. It, it is what it is. Yes. On the flip side, it's it's an immense amount of pressure to be the one person who is making decisions for an elder person in your life who you love and who you want to take care of and want to make sure that they have the best care possible. That's a lot of pressure. Right. And, and, and just as important, if you want to go out of town. You want right. to take a vacation. You want to just take a weekend off. There is nobody. So the, the only children we, you know, our hearts go out to you when you get into this situation where you are really taking care of, of your of your elderly parents because it's it's tough. It is truly tough. But so let's move on to the next category. Uh, the next category that I wrote in this wonderful article uh, is the secondary caregiver. Because if there's a primary, right, there must be a secondary. Absolutely. That's not one, always two. the case. One, two. Yep. Not always the case. Like, for true. instance, well, with, you know, with only children or with some families where, you know, maybe there are two siblings, maybe there are three siblings, but maybe only one of them is really, truly involved. Yeah. And that can be for a variety of reasons, right? It could be proximity. We've already discussed that. Um, but also, you know, some people caring for um, an elderly parent is challenging in a lot of ways. Emotionally, physically, emotionally. Emotionally, gonna, physically, and emotionally. And emotionally. I'm, I literally... It's, it's truly I'm emotionally. Going, I'm going back to double, that. Because, double up on that. Right. I think we agree. That is um, probably the biggest challenge. It truly is. Because the physical part of it, like you... you you put your big girl panties or your big boy pants on <laughs> and you, you just do what you have to do because you love your parent and you're going to do it. But emotionally, mm, not everyone 
not everyone is in the is in the same space and it it's a little bit challenging and and for those of us who are in a space where we're like all right you know we we're just we're going to do what we have to you do you got to do what you got to do yeah. yes yeah and and i think we said this um in the first episode maybe even the teaser episode like you and I, Steve, I think we would agree that we would not have it any other no, way. No, of course not. Of course um, not. I, of I've, course not. It's, I think it's hard, I, but well, it, of course not. It's hard, but I think about this all the time, and you and I may have sort of talked about it in this way before, but I think about with my mom, Gagi, uh, who everybody knows and loves, she sacrificed a lot, like like every parent does, but maybe she, she maybe even a little bit above average, but she always took care of me. She took care of my brothers. Like she, she always wanted to make sure that we were happy, healthy, cared for, provided for. Um, and I don't even mean in monetary ways, but just in all the most important ways, right? So I do have this very strong feeling that as I am an adult and as I watch her aging, it's now my job. It's now my brother's job. Like we want to make sure that she's taken care of and that she is happy and healthy as, as healthy as she can be heading into the golden years as they call them. Right. And I got, I got, I got to say, I mean, I think from the standpoint of most primary caregivers, you are doing this. I mean, obviously, it's out of a sense of duty. It's something you feel you should do. But it's really what it comes down to is these are people that gave you life. And yeah. so they should be taken care of because they took care of you when you were little. Well, right. Re- they gave you life of, and took care of you. Regardless of yeah. whether they are the best parents in the world or not the best parents in the world or just average parents. They are people that should be taken care of and you owe it to them. And I think that's why we all do this. But let's get back to the secondary caregiver. Yes, sorry. So we got, if we there's got, a primary, there must be a secondary. What is the secondary caregiver? So this is the person who, well, if the first, if the primary is not available, they'll step in. They may be involved. They don't, you know, they take a back seat, I think is really what it comes down to. They, they do what they feel the primary can't do. Uh, sometimes they have to be asked. Sometimes they have to be urged and pushed, but in the end, you know, they're, they're helping, but not as much as the primary. Yeah. And I think a little bit of it again, goes back to by default, you're a primary caregiver for sure. If the proximity, right. The proximity Mm -hmm. to your loved one. Um, and so it's just, it's literally, it's automatic. It becomes part of your everyday life. The secondary caregiver maybe lives out of town right. by a couple of hours, by a few right. hours. Right. Um, and it just may not be part of their everyday thinking. It, 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 it just isn't. It's not an option Literally, it's not an option for them to say, oh, hey, let me swing I'm by. I'm going to run 10 minutes away house. and just, you know, feed her birds. Exactly. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> feed, <laughs> I feed say birds. that because, yes, my, because my mother, my mother, has, my mother has a suction cup bird All right, feeder. wait a minute. Side note. Side note. It was like 
the best it really was. and the most complicated Mother's oh Day gift God. ever because it was a great idea. Steve decided to give his mom, who is now in assisted living, we'll get into on the that first later. Floor. But she's on the first floor. She's got these windows that look outside. Hey, it would be great if we had this like suction bird feeder so that she could enjoy suction the wildlife. Cup, not a suction Su- bird. Yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, know what, what I mean. that is, but yeah, suction cup, cup bird, bird feeder. feeder. Right, and and it's great because she's she loves the birds. She gets angry at the squirrels that get in there. I mean, it's a constant daily drama for her with these things, but. My God, I have to feed them every time I now, go over there. Every it's single like time. The gift that keeps on, I don't think taking, giving, taking. taking. Yes, taking. Taking. It oh means my God. the purchase of the bird seed and the filling yes, of the bird seed. Yes, yes. constantly. And if her birds are, <laughs> yes. she, she said, My birds are hungry. Well, those birds were fine before we put this bird yes. feeder up. Yes. Anyway. So, I mean, I know we're laughing about this, though, but like this is the whole thing, though. And it's like these little, it's, it's a it's a nuance, but it's these little things because, for example, in this example, Steve is right here, 15 minutes away from where his mom lives. Um, he's pretty much the only one who's going to go put the bird seed in the bird yes, feeder. Yes, no one it's, else is feeding those birds because yeah, she's just, in a wheelchair. It is what she it can't. is. Yeah. Yep. So so what do we do? So the secondary caregiver. Sometimes they're doing this out of a sense of duty because they feel like they absolutely have to, but aren't they aren't really all that good at it. So what do you do? What yeah. do you do? It's a tough one. I think um, some people are cut out to... Take care of other people. Yeah. yeah. Sac- sacrifice a little bit. Yeah. Take care of other people. I mean, people some, people are, and... some people are better than others at being parents, too. I mean, that's just right. the way it is. Uh, some people are better at being... I mean, I think about Steve, our daughter, who is, you know, in nursing school and wants to go do things and see things. <laughs> see things that like shouldn't be seen. Like heart bypass surgery, yes. which, by the way, she recently just watched yeah. a doctor take a vein yeah. out of someone's leg, put it in someone's heart. Like, ugh. It's crazy, but she can do it. And thank God for her. Yes. That thank she's, God there are people in this world who right, can handle she's that. Do like that. her. She, you can't. I could handle oh it. Oh my God. I, could I can never it, do that. Can. But yes, um, in the broader sense, seriously, in all seriousness, um, some people are cut out to um, take care of other people. Some people are not. And it's not, it's not a criticism. It is simply that some people just... They don't have it in them. Yeah. But uh, so I think with with those people, though, they may have other skills that are completely useful. It may be a matter of, hey, you, please, here's a grocery list. Go grocery shopping. It may be that they're good at dealing with insurance companies. And and believe me, we, we all know, if we've been doing this long enough, you know you got to deal with insurance companies. So it may be they're good at that. Or it, it, there may be something that you can find that they're going to really be able to take off your plate. It might be that um, you have a sibling in your family, for example, who um, has more discretionary income. Yes. And, and really, it may come down to, please, send money. Right. The, yeah. uh, send money or you know the way that they can um, participate is by sending supplies mm-hmm. for your for sure loved one who sure. might need all kinds of medical supplies uh, you know there's a lot of different ways um, that the secondary caregiver comes in and benefits 
It doesn't a hundred percent offset. I think no, it doesn't. We can and agree, I mean, the right? Primary the primary is still getting burned out. Got because, a lot of the pressure. Yes, yes, but, definitely. Right, so let's move on to the next one. I, I I put down the 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 backup caregiver, which may sound very similar to secondary, but it is not. And I'll tell you the difference. The secondary caregiver is there to help, but not in the same way as the primary. The backup caregiver, it's it's a. I'm going to go ahead and give you a sports analogy. It's oh like boy. the backup quarterback. The backup quarterback Y'all, doesn't do... I'm not going to understand this. Just yes, so you, you know, are. But go it's ahead. very simple. Am I really? The backup quarterback okay. is there and sits on the sidelines until he is absolutely needed. He doesn't do a thing until the starting quarterback gets hurt. That's the backup caregiver. The backup caregiver doesn't do a thing until they are asked. And that's the big difference between them and the secondary. The secondary, I feel like, probably wants to help, but they're too far away. Or they're not particularly good at it. Or whatever. The backup doesn't do a thing until they're helped. Or until they're asked, rather. So that's the biggest difference. And I think with the backup, you really, if they are actually willing to do it, you have to actually ask them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great explanation. I can't say anything. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, and if that. things are yeah. going, if things are going smoothly, it's like they don't even exist. Just like a backup quarterback, Pretty you much. don't hear about the backup quarterback mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. things are going mm-hmm. smoothly, and that's just the way it is. And I mean, I don't know that there's really a whole lot more to say about that particular person. Agreed. So now let's move on to the uncomfortable. The uncomfortable caregiver. Uncomfortable caregiver. Because they definitely have their own category for sure. So the discomfort doesn't necessarily mean that they don't want to help. It's more that they don't have a natural caregiving ability. And we kind of touched on this earlier. Like I think about our daughter all the time who can do all of these things related to like nursing and how she wants to care for people. And cleaning up stuff that people should not uh, be cleaning up. Ooh, She's got stories yes. like you wouldn't believe. Yes. I mean, it's just whatever, but like she, she could do it. No problem. Um, there are a lot of us, me included, who would be uncomfortable with some of those things. I'm not an uncomfortable caregiver in exactly that way, but there are people who, um, they're uncomfortable, they're not confident. Maybe that's a good way to and put I th- it. And I think that has a lot to do with it, for sure. They're, they're, they're not confident that they can do the things that actually need to be done at the moment that someone needs help. So, um, for example, and, and Steve, your mom, I think, is a great example. So she... Um, is wheelchair bound at this point and requires a fair amount of physical assistance. And that can be a little bit of little, little bit challenging, right? Because if nothing else, you, you want to make, you don't want to hurt anybody that you're trying to care for. And if you're trying to transfer someone from a wheelchair to a bed or wheelchair to a couch or a chair or whatever, you probably have a lot of anxiety about whether or not you can successfully do that and so some people over time and steve i've i've watched you over time you've gotten very comfortable with that you know exactly your comfort level with helping your mom transfer from position to position or place to place but some people don't get there it's true it's true and really yeah it is a confidence issue uh and a comfort issue and I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, but, you know, what it comes down to is these people, this particular type of caregiver 
they may actually want to help, but they get, I don't you know, whether it's uncomfortable, grossed, some, some of it's grossed out by the, and there is some, there's some gross stuff when it comes to caregiving, particularly if you're the type of person who is taking care of your parent in their home or in your home 24 hours a day and, you know, and not in a facility where you have help. You have to do these things. And sometimes it's gross. Yeah, it is. That's really what it comes down to. So it is. And it may be that they are not able physically to get themselves into a place where they can do that. However, once again, just like the secondary caregiver, you can find things for them to do that are helpful. 100%. Groceries. Grocery shopping. Grocery right? shopping. Go pick up the medicine. Yeah. Go, you know, do do this, do that, do the other. Come over and clean up the house. That's not gross. You know, help make doctor's appointments. Help make doctor's appointments. Make a casserole. You know, yep. all of these things are things that they can help with and that don't involve cleaning up, well, poop. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, so these are these are the caregivers. They literally like they want to do it. It's not they're not in the background. They're not in the background saying like, hey, well, they are because they well, don't. No, 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 no. But they're they, not in the background saying, hey, call on me if you need me. But right, I'm going to sit backup. quietly. That's here. the backup. They are the people who are saying, I really want to help. These are just not things I'm good at. Like, I'm not good at. Right. Right, and cleaning and we're, and stuff we're, up, and we're or... all good. We're all good at different things, of course. Absolutely. Of course, and, but I, I will say again, we're going to come back to this. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely the primary caregiver. Your your hands are dirty in ways we don't want to discuss. Literally dirty in ways that we don't yeah. want to discuss. And you but see things you don't want to see. You see you stuff you can't unsee you them. Can't. Oh Ugh. my god, I've seen yeah. I've I've seen some stuff, man. <laughs> I've seen some stuff. We both have. But you know. <laughs> It, what it comes down to is not not everybody is built the same way. And we know this. We know this. Yep. But if you are willing to help, we can f- find a job for you. It's good that you're willing to help. Yes. So the next one on the list is the emotional caregiver. <laughs> the emotional caregiver. And this caregiver. is a complicated it's one. It's very complicated. It's, it really is. It's really complicated. And, and I can identify with this in a lot of ways because I'm an emotional person. You are. Steve? You are? Yes. Yeah. Legit. You break down at cat commercials. (laughs) You do. You lose it during cat commercials. Okay. Cat food commercials. I'm just saying, I'm not the only one. No, I'm not the only one. Plenty of people. But yes, I can be very emotional, like not irrationally emotional. Yes. Yes, I am dead inside. Yes. That is true. That's a family trait. It's a good one. It's actually a good one. Is it? Yeah. Well, when it comes to caregiving, it's it? very good. Okay. Being okay. dead inside Fair point. is a really good thing to be. Fair point. Who yes. knew? Who knew 27 yes. years ago when we got our, married? Our daughter, would a good thing. our daughter would tell you she's also yeah. dead inside. Definitely. She that, gets that, that from me. That is why she can be a nurse and she watch heart, heart bypass veins <laughs> yeah. being taken out of legs going exactly. into hearts. Yes. yes. Anyway. Okay. So emotional caregivers... Um, they may be sort of out of the mix for being useful in these types of situations because literally they cannot get their emotions under control. No. So there are going to be times when they cry. I mean, there are going to be times when we all cry. Of they, course. These are emotional of times for sure. But there are going to be times when these folks cry and can't get themselves sort of under control and sort of they 
remove themselves from it altogether because they're like, oh my God, I can't handle this. It's just, but it's too much for me. But I will say, like an all-star, all-pro caregiver, when the stuff hits the fan, you are a stone. Really, you have to be. You absolutely yeah. have to be, or else you can't make the decisions that need to be made at that Definitely. particular Definitely. That's why we're saying, though, like the so emotional this particular caregiver. person, they hit that point, and they are utterly and completely useless. And can I just say, like, I'm just going to say for the record, though, like, I, get, I mean, I get it. I totally understand it. It's, it's when you are caring, and I, Steve, I think you and I both can agree with this it is it is an emotional roller coaster absolutely taking care of your elderly parents yes um and there are times where emotions 100 percent take over times when you don't expect that it's going to happen right yeah now i think what you and i would i think agree on is and in part because we are primary caregivers Again, I also have my brother who lives locally. You are the I'm unicorn, a, I'm the, I'm the unicorn uni- dual primary. I'm the blessed unicorn who has, yes, yes, 100%. But what you do is you get through the situation, you take care of what you need to take and care of. And then you lose it. Right. And then you come home, hashtag Mullen Deck Life, you sit out on the deck, yes. and you lose, you lose it. it. Yeah. You lose it, you have your breakdown, you get it all out and then you get yourself together you put your big girl panties on and you go to bed you sleep on it and you wake up and the next day is the next day and you do what you have to do it's true but there are there there is a a, a subset of people out there who are not able to do that and they and they they rend themselves somewhat useless when it comes to emergency situations uh, yeah. Clearly, these are not people who should be nurses and doctors. And for better, obviously. For, and for better, for worse, if you're if you are um, in a circle of people and there's an emotional caregiver, like you, sort of, eh, do they get a pass? I mean, ki- I mean, kind of. Like, it I mean, when it might, comes to when it comes to an emergency situation, they they can't. You have to shove them aside because right. they are of no use to you yes. whatsoever. Right. They're Agreed. losing it, and. I mean, really, a good primary caregiver or a good caregiver in general just is stone calm when the stuff hits the fan. Yeah. yeah. And and so, I mean, again, like like with all the other, the, the secondary, the backup, there are uses for these people. Yes. You can find things for them to do that Definitely. don't involve them crying. Definitely. Or shrieking or losing their stuff. So, you know, you find stuff for them to do. And, and and that's really what it comes down to. And, and if you've got a sibling like that, you find things for them to do. True. So All right. That, let's move on to the tornado. That's you. <laughs> I was I was actually wondering how long it would take Steve. <laughs> to, it wasn't even a second. To point it at me. No, like it wasn't literally, even a second. It wasn't even a fraction of Jennifer a second. Jennifer is the tornado. So I'm now, a, she's a primary caregiver. But when she gets over to her mother's, she becomes... The tornado. Only because you've heard Goggy say. I have. She calls you the white tornado. I don't know why. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, the white tornado, I think, was a a cleaning product back in the day. Oh, maybe. I think that's where that comes from. Maybe. Yeah, the white tornado. Anyway, but she calls you the tornado. Goggy calls me the white tornado. I get it. Um, And this this person is extremely useful, but they want to do everything at the same time. 
They they fly into the house, the apartment, whatever, and they start just doing everything at the same time and and just really kind of aggravating the parent. Okay, but can I so not to get too psychological here, mm. except that I can do it. I can do it. You here's what here's what I'll say because I've spent my whole life in sort of this space a little bit. You find yourself in moments um, feeling like you literally cannot control anything. You cannot control what's happening with your loved one. You cannot control the health things that are happening with them. But what you can control when you go into their house, their apartment, their hospital room is cleaning things up, straightening things up, organizing things, putting things in their place. And for those of us who are the tornadoes, that <laughs> makes us feel better. Well, because it makes you feel better. However, yes. it makes the patient, the parent, whatever mm, you want to call it, makes them a little nervous at times. It stresses them out because you're just flying around everywhere. Fair point. But I will say for me, for, <laughs> for me, <you. laughs> like this has been the story of my whole life. I've probably stressed my mother out and my brother out and Steve, you, my husband out because yes, I'm the person who walks in the house and I'm immediately like, what can I control? Clean up, take care of. Yes. Yes. I yes. know. I can acknowledge yes. it. Yes. So you are also, you're a primary caregiver, a dual primary, the unicorn prim- dual yeah. primary. I may have some but you're also tendencies. a tornado. It's true. It's fine. So again, I mean, that, again, that person, if you can keep them under control, at least a little bit, they're great at cleaning up. You cannot keep me under control just for the record, people. Steve Mullen cannot keep me under control. It's true. But whatever. So next up is the distant caregiver. And distant may mean miles. It may mean that they're two, three, five, six miles away. But it also may mean... It's like distant, but distance. Right. But it also may mean that they are emotionally distant. Oh, it, which oh. is just getting all kinds of deep. I it know is. That, but Could be both. It, it, for most, it, in most families, though, you have one sibling who's close to the parent, and one sibling who's not. Sometimes that's not the case, but it, it's quite frequent that you do, and so it's it's really tough to deal with them because they uh, they may want to help, they may not want to help, but either way, they're two, three, four, five mile, five hours away. So it's like the, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are they distant or is it because they're distanced? Get it? Do you get the nuance? I, I like, do. I do. No, but ser- like in all seriousness, they're distant because they're distanced yes. many miles away. And so practicality kicks in a little bit like, it's not even an option. It's not an option to do your mother's laundry and drop it right. off on of your way not. to work. Of course not. You can't go pick up medicines. You can't go take them to a doctor's appointment. You, you just can't do those things. Right. So what can these people do that are what two, can they three, do? four, Steve five Mullen, miles away? what can they so do? What they can are you going to tell us? What they can do, they can call frequently. Uh, they can come visit as much as physically possible. And I mean, unfortunately, when it comes to people who are, you know, four or five miles, five hours away, I keep saying miles, yeah, miles four or five what? hours away, there's only so much they can do. But 
if they want to, if there's a want to involved there, they can stay engaged. And they can, it's emotion, it's a really emotional support, so much, not so much as physical support, but emotional support. Can I add in though, like, yes, I 100% agree with you. Um, they can stay engaged with the actual person, the elder person. What I might say about the distant or distanced caregiver is another thing that could be critical is checking in with the primary caregivers. How are you doing? How are you doing? What's going on with mom or dad? And, and, and frankly, whatever you can say what you want to say about this, but even an acknowledgement of like, Oh my gosh, like I know you're doing so much to take care of mom or dad. You know, I appreciate all that you're doing and how are you doing? And I know it's so difficult for you. And I I know that might sound, I really do understand that that might sound self-serving, but if you've been the primary caregiver for like a really long time, or in my case, the dual primary Mm -hmm. caregiver, the unicorn, I love, by the way, can I just say like, (laughs) I love being thought of as a unicorn. It's awesome. And I'm pretty sure my brother would think it's awesome to be thought of as a unicorn. You just want that sort of added Acknowledge, it's a, there's, acknowledgement. Yeah, there, 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 the, yes, there should be some acknowledgement. And there should be, it's really, the, the check-in is important. And yes. let me tell you what, if by some chance some distant caregivers are listening to this, check in with the primaries. Yes. Send a text, send an email saying, how's mom? How's dad? How are things going? Are you okay? That kind of thing. Yeah. And it, 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 that means a lot because we understand that if you're five hours away, you can't just hop in the car and come down and get medicine. We get it. Totally get it. But, um, you know, we need to know that you're willing to be involved. A hundred percent. Yes. For sure. That's, that's exactly what it is. And I know it sounds like a little bit weird, but Yeah. I mean, we're we're reasonable for those of us, and I'm looking at me and Steve, and I know my 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 one brother who's who's here locally. Like, we get it. We're right here. Of course, it's obvious we are going to take care of all of the day to day things, but the acknowledgement from our siblings who are not right here just just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge that. It's tough. We know it's tough. We're here to help. Do you need money? Do you need us to send something for mom or dad? Do you need what, what, whatever? What do you need? Yeah. What do you, what yeah. do you need? Yeah. What do you need? Right. And which, by the way, is not um, necessarily always a monetary thing. Just, right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 100%. All right, so let's move on to the last one we have on the list here. It's the non-existent caregiver. And this is the person who is basically of no use to anybody. They have decided consciously that this is not for them. They have decided that's not for me. You know, my sibling will take care of it. No big deal. I'm not involved and I'm going to stay on the sidelines. Yeah. It's a tough one. I, it's almost, what do you even say about it? What do you say about there, it? There really isn't much to say. I mean, other than what I've said, it's, um, it's, it's unfortunate when one sibling is taking care of so much and doing so much. And another one has decided, okay, good. 
that's great. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. And and I mean, there really, there really isn't much to say about that particular person other than they are what they are. And and you, you can try to get them involved and maybe it's a matter of could you could you go ahead and just do a grocery trip? Yeah. Could you do something? I could mean, you call? Could you call? Could you, you know, exactly. Could you be involved in some way? But it may come down to, and it may be, you know, they have their own emotional issues for it. We don't know exactly. I mean, there's so many different issues. And, and we've said it there. I've said it before about caregiving is that there are so many different types of caregiving because there are so many different types of people. It's the whole grain of sands on the yep. beach kind of thing. I mean, there are really so many situations because, and it may be that these are people who just don't really have that feeling for their parents. And I, I, I can't quite comprehend that personally because I feel like, you know, these are people that you literally, literally owe your life to. You wouldn't exist if it weren't for them. Why the heck wouldn't you take care of them at this point in your their lives when they need to be taken care of? But who the heck knows? I mean, there there are a million different reasons why they may not be involved. But the fact of the matter is they are not and they have made a conscious decision not to. Well, and Steve, I think what you and I have said to each other many times is in the end, the most important thing for you and I is that we are doing exactly what we want to do for our moms. Or at minimum, what we feel needs to be done. At minimum. Well, at minimum, but I'm saying, but I'm saying in general, I think you and I have had the discussion before where we've said we wouldn't have it any other way. Of course not. No, of course we're going to take care of our moms. Of course we are going to do that. There's, There's no, really no other option for, for, for you and I. There is no other option. It just it is what it is. And when we look at some of these other caregiver definitions that we've given, if you and I were given those choices, we wouldn't select another choice. No, we wouldn't select another choice. We would always choose to be the person who's taking care of our moms. Yeah. We yeah, just but would the, be. the non-existent person has basically chosen not to, and that's what it comes down right. to. And, th- and that's a yep. person that, you know, unfortunately, we just there's nothing much more than we could say about them. Nope. They have chosen it's their not choice. To. It's their choice. So we're going to so. go ahead and wrap up this episode. Yes. Uh, we have been talking quite a bit about different types of people, and I hope we haven't offended anybody. And actually, I don't think we've sworn at all in this episode. No. There's been no swearing whatsoever. Nothing. I'm trying to be really. I'm, we're we're. Well past the pandemic, which is literally what did it for my my language. Yes. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Yep. But we, we managed Nothing. to make it a whole, through a whole Nothing. episode. I'm probably going to go ahead and mark it explicit just to be sure, because I don't know. Maybe I didn't notice something. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. And um, the, the next episode will be coming soon. And we hope you will stick around and listen to it. Good night, everybody. Have a great day.